You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. We often hear about disadvantaged groups in the inner city and otherwise, people who have trouble getting access to adequate medical care. But what about Native Americans? We don't often think about them and their problems with access to quality health care. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host. And with me today is Dr. Thomas Sequist, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Healthcare Policy at the Harvard Medical School and at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, and also Director of the Four Directions Summer Research Program at the Harvard Medical School. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Sequest. Thank you. We know that there are some disparities in terms of health outcomes as well as access to care and certain barriers to providing excellent care to American Indians. Tell us a little bit about the efforts to try to remedy that situation. Well, I think that what we can talk a little bit about is the efforts that are currently going on with the Indian Health Service right now, which is providing care all across the country, ranging from Massachusetts to California and Alaska. I think it's important to discuss the efforts that the Indian Health Service has going on right now for a couple of reasons. One is for the fact that they provide care for a vast majority of American Indians in the country, and and the other is because I think a lot of the things that they're doing right now are very innovative, and I think other healthcare systems could learn a lot from some of their efforts. One of the things that I find exciting about what the Indian Health Service is doing is really trying to take full advantage of health information technology. So this is a setting in which the providers are providing care in often very resource-limited environments and on often trying to access care over great geographic distances and obviously with economic barriers and cultural barriers going on. And the Indian Health Service has taken an initiative to really sort of explore what are the best ways that we can use health information technology to overcome some of these barriers. So some exciting things would be along the lines of implementing advanced electronic health records or using the Internet as a medium of communicating between clinicians through email, but also sort of transferring clinical information. One exciting example that they've been working on for a while is a program to increase the rates of screening for diabetic retinopathy. There's a lot of data that suggests, obviously, there's a lot of diabetes among Native American communities, and to prevent blindness, they should be undergoing regular screening retinopathy exams. There's a lot of data that shows that screening rates are lower among Native Americans, especially in these rural communities. And one of the issues is that there simply aren't optometrists or ophthalmologists available to do these exams in some of these more isolated communities. So one strategy that the Indian Health Service adopted, and this was actually in working with the Joslin Diabetes Center in Boston, is something called the Joslin Vision Network, where they would buy a machine that basically takes the place of the clinician needing to perform the exam, and the patient could look into the machine and would take digital images of their retina, and those images, because they're digital, can then be viewed remotely by someone with experience in looking at this and could make treatment recommendations based on that and and sort of gets around the problem of access to care. So this is sort of an exciting example of how you can use information technology to really overcome some of the barriers of providing care in these rural or isolated settings. That is akin to what some radiologists are doing in more rural areas to have the images taken and and electronically submitted to the radiologist for interpretation. Correct. Exactly. Right. You You could draw analogies with mammograms. And in terms of analyzing trends and demographics, I imagine that that also has to be much easier when you have an electronic system to analyze the the data. Right. And so the Indian Health Service has a long history of using electronic health data in collecting data in an electronic format. And they've recently started an initiative to update their electronic system so that they can be more interactive and they can provide decision support to doctors, so a fully functional electronic health record. But the fact that they 
have this long history of collecting data in an electronic format really sort of positions them well to be able to measure quality within their organization, to track care, to sort of identify low-performing areas and really sort of target quality improvement initiatives at those areas. So despite the fact that it is an organization that operates with a per capita or per patient spending that's far lower than almost every other healthcare system in the U.S., they really do have a lot of sort of unique features that position them well to attempt to overcome that financial barrier. Now, some of that is not overcomable just simply without more funding going into the system, which I think is is important and necessary to really ensure adequate health care for natives. Explore that tangent for a minute because the, the Indian Health Service is a federal agency. And where's the hang-up in getting more or, or at least equal funds to some of the other health agencies? The Indian Health Service is, is funded through different mechanisms than, let's say, the Medicare program or the Veterans Health System. So it's not a trust program. And what can happen is that as the, as the president approves the budget for the organization each year, a set budget gets approved. And the organization, when that money gets spent down, can run out of money. And then individual clinics end up rationing care. So if a test was needed, the, you might you know, sort of have to decide if that test had to wait until the next fiscal year when funds would be available. But sort of even short of rationing care, there's just the the overall concept that the level of funding that's there isn't really sort of adequate throughout the year to provide the type of care, to provide the types of services that the Native American patients or or really any patient would deserve. And, And it's sort of shocking when you look at the amount of funding that's provided for the Indian Health Service, and you look at the number of patients that they're expected to, to care for with that funding, there are data that show that the amount of funding per patient in the Indian Health Service is, is really sort of far below and oftentimes almost half that that's spent in other healthcare systems like the Medicare system. You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman. I'm speaking with Dr. Thomas Sequist. We're discussing some of the efforts at correcting some of the disparities in health care for Native Americans. Are there ongoing efforts, lobbying in Washington or other ways to try to increase that low amount that's budgeted for Native American health care? There's continued lobbying going on. There are lots of groups who are interested in trying to increase the amount of funding that the Indian Health Service receives to, to, to provide care for American Indians. And this is really sort of an issue of not only making sure we have equity within our health care system, but really sort of highlighting that this provision of health care in these settings is really an obligation of our federal government that it agreed to and is something that we should, as a country, held up to fulfilling that responsibility. With regard to the Indian Health Service, you mentioned the use of electronic data. Are there other initiatives that are ongoing that, that you're excited about that hold the promise for improving care? I think there are. So the Indian Health Service is also working with the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, which is an organization located in, here in Cambridge. Massachusetts. And this is an organization that's helped a lot of healthcare systems develop quality improvement programs. And what they're working on now with the Indian Health Service is developing a model of chronic care. So really, I think an important recognition of the fact that this emerging epidemic of chronic disease among American Indians is really going to be something that we need to tackle head on. And also a recognition that we need to move beyond just looking at diabetes care, and really start to look at all different kinds of chronic diseases. And I think that's sort of the exciting things that are going on with this collaboration between the Indian Health Service and the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. And a lot of the things that they're doing sort of really revolve around 
How do you deliver primary care effectively? How do you structure teams? How do you make good use of information systems? I think of some of the improvements in public health in more urban areas being partially due to education of our patients and awareness. Is there a disparity in the level of awareness in Native American communities about the things that need to be done to try to improve health care outcomes? That's an interesting question. And I think that we have less data than you would probably find in more urban settings about what the the perceptions are among Native Americans living in these communities, although there are data. You know, I think that anecdotally, and should be taken as that because that's what it is, I think that if you, in amongst a lot of these communities, especially communities where diabetes has these prevalence rates of 30 or 40 percent, and you might see that almost everyone in your family, let's say, has diabetes, that it may be seen as an inevitability. And you can imagine, right, how that would happen if everyone in your community that you knew or every other person that you knew had diabetes. Absolutely. The other thing that's important is in these communities, and I think this is also present in urban centers as well, is that even if they knew the correct things that they should be doing or correct foods that they should be eating, if they're simply not available due to income problems or literally access to the doors, you know, then the education, even if you have the correct education, it's not going to be effective. Can't put it into practice if doctors aren't there, if the right kind of foods are not available. Tell us a little bit about the program that, that you're very involved with for Direction Summer Research Program to try to stimulate Native Americans to perhaps pursue careers in in medicine, and then come back and serve these communities? This program has been running, this is going to be its 15th year. I didn't start the program. I've been working with it since, I, I believe, the second year that it was running. And, you know, the goal of this program is to identify talented young American Indian, Native Americans, undergraduate students all, who are interested in going into the medical field. So that could be medical school or public health degrees or even PhDs in biomedical sciences and really sort of identify them early enough on so that we can provide them with a a summer opportunity where they not only get a research experience, but we also talk to them about career development, career planning, how to get ready for applying to graduate school. But I really sort of view it as a, a program whose first and foremost its goal is to show these students that they really can achieve the goals that are set out for them, because I think a lot of them have been told all throughout life that you won't be able to do that, that you won't be able to go to medical school. And the more and more you hear this, the more and more it becomes an intrapersonal barrier. So it's within yourself that you've you've convinced yourself that you can't achieve the goals that you need to achieve. What our program does is brings these students here and shows them that you can compete and you can succeed at a a top-ranked university at Harvard Medical School. That's a wonderful thing, whether they go into medicine or anything else. Well, I want to thank Dr. Tom Sequist, who has been our guest as we've been discussing some of the possible remedies for the disparities in access to and delivery of quality health care to Native Americans. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.